Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above for today and the weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Not that I care. <laughs> Not that I really care. <laughs> I don't know anything about the teams that are playing. And so it's not as fun. But, you know, if it wasn't for the food, the fun, or the get-together, the commercials, and the halftime show, I probably wouldn't give one wit about the Super Bowl. However, it is an opportunity to get together with friends and with family and have some fun and, and uh, you know, just let off some steam. That's what I think about Super Bowl, especially this year. Uh, Tom, who does Mercury have a message from to give to Pluto? What message does Pluto give to Mercury to give to Aquarius and the other planets in Aquarius? Wow, 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 wow. The message would be for you, right? You, what are you receiving in terms of a message from Mercury? Like, you know, if you think of the planets as people, sort of, right? They're, 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 they're archetypes of people. They're archetypes of things that we um, that that we live through as people. Mercury is the archetype of the communicator, and it holds the archetype of the thinking, rational, logical mind. And when we think of the archetype of Pluto, Pluto is really the planet of death and regeneration. So. We are often, uh, with Pluto transits, moving through some kind of major transformation in our lives. And based on the house that that happens to be in, in your chart, that will tell you the area of, the li of your life where the change or transformation is occurring. So when a planet, like a Mercury in this case, a personal planet, which has a lot to do with you personally, comes into a conjunction with another planet, in this case today, he's in conjunction with Pluto, then the messages, the thinking are all affected by the planet he's coming into the connection with. And then Pluto, the planet receiving the uh, conjunction, is also getting something from Mercury, right? It's a two-way uh, street, or it's a two-way interaction in that case. And we're going to talk a lot more about what all of that means uh, this morning, because it's an interesting place in the human design chart, but also in the astrology chart where this is occurring. You know, Pluto is just a month away from moving into Aquarius, that Mercury is moving into Aquarius today, tomorrow, excuse me. And then the fact that Mercury is conjunct Pluto today kind of made me think, hmm, what kind of message is Mercury depositing to Pluto before Pluto makes his move into the sign of Aquarius next month? So we're, we're looking at a lot of different things that are going on, but it's also affecting each of you personally, right? And in your personal chart, a lot of that is driven by where are all the planets by birth? And where are they transiting right now? So wherever Aquarius is in your chart is where it is getting ready to receive both Mercury and uh, the sign or and the planet Pluto. But we also have to remember that Saturn is in Aquarius finishing up his transit through the sign of the future, right? The sign of humanitarianism, the sign of power to the people. 
And then he moves out just before Pluto moves in there. So we're, we're, we're getting this kind of information train, if you will, that is giving us hints about what is to come in the future, right? What is to come for us personally in the future, but also we're seeing so much right now about the age of air, right? Aquarius is an air sign, even though it's the water bearer, the water bearer is in an air sign. It's information and it's information that comes in and disrupts the status quo. So Aquarian energy is always disrupting. Those waves that you see in the symbol for Aquarius are really representations, not of water, but of interference, right? The interference waves, the, the disruption that takes place when planets are moving into or through the sign of Aquarius. And in our own charts, it can be a place where we we crave innovation, where we ourselves can be quite inventive or unique or eccentric. It could be a place in our charts where we get stuck, right? It's a, it is a fixed sign. So where we can get caught between the past and the future, which of course is typically where we want to be. We want to be in the now. The now is between the past and the future. But what I mean about getting stuck is that we can get caught up with paradigms that no longer support where the world is going or where our lives are going. So we can get that stuck feeling uh, that needs to, you know, have some energy to it so that we can move on, right? So that we can emerge out of the past, out of the old and into the new. And that is everything that's happening right now. Now, if you've listened to the news over the last few days, besides the major earthquake that was hap that happened in Turkey and Syria, um, there's been a lot of talk around AI, and you know, with Google now and uh, Microsoft put, getting ready to put out their own chat bot function and uh, chat GPT. It's not just the chat bot but the ability to get information and interact with uh, the, this new AI. And it's, it's scary on one hand, it's interesting on the other. Uh, the question then becomes who's feeding the information that then these chat things will be sending out to people. Is it true, right? And yeah, so, so much going on in, in that sphere as well. But those are also keys that the future is here now, right? These are things that are telling us that the future is uh, going to be completely different in the age of air than it has been in the age of earth for the previous 200 years. The currency isn't any longer going to be money. It's really going to be information. It's really going to be technology. It's really going to be about even currencies in terms of money uh, likely at some point changing away from the actual currency into something much more uh, crypto-like or um, just exchanges that are happening in computer worlds, not necessarily in a physical world. I mean, we see it's already been happening, right? Like my husband's paycheck is deposited into the bank. We never touch his check, right? It's just completely direct deposited. And from there, I just pay the bills through, you know, all the different ways that I can online. I never have to write a check except for my monthly house payment. That's it.
right? And I wonder then as time goes on, how much more like that the world becomes. So lots of things good in this uh, new world of Aquarius, but also, you know, the slippery slopes that we might have to also address as we go on. My job as the astrologer is to look at how is it being personalized, right? I, I see the bigger picture, but how is it all being personalized for each one of us, right? As in our own charts, we have Mercury conjunct Pluto at the very uh, last couple of degrees. I think it's 28 degrees, 50 minutes or something like that. I'll tell you, hold on, 28.58 minutes of um, Capricorn. That is where uh, Pluto is sitting and where Mercury will conjunct Pluto tomorrow. Actually, today, sorry. And I mean, we're so close to the end of that Capricorn Earth sort of energy. Now, we're always going to have Capricorn. So don't don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, the destruction that Pluto's been bringing over the last well since 2008 so the last you know 14 years 15 years has really been about setting about to show the the weaknesses in the things that we've built in the earth time now he's going to be pointing out the things the weaknesses in the air time so that has a lot to do with um all things Aquarian. So <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting time that we live in. Uh, and we're going to talk more about exactly where is Pluto conjunct Mars? Or where is Mercury conjunct Pluto? And where is uh, Mercury going after that, which is into Aquarius? And what is all of that going to mean? And I wanted to take a look at the gate in your human design that that will happen at. But before we can get there, let's talk about where the moon is today. And first, before I even do that, let me say good morning to people who are popping in. Hello, Leilani. It's good to see you. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel says, happy Friday. Christine Buckingham. Hello, JLo. Hello, Joan Durchie. Good morning to you. Kajella, Hello, Barbara Doughton. Good morning. Good Friday morning, everyone, she says. And it's good to see you with us as well as anybody else out there in in the background that i don't see in the chat it's great to have you here with me this morning terry hello to you uh my favorite medium in the world and jlo says it's probably conjunct in someone's chart yes it must be <laughs> so anyway let's start with the moon in libra you know i i'm always fascinated by timing of things astrologically so i have a, a a client who's been with me for a, a number of years who's doing a lot of work with me and we finished up a couple of weeks ago the work that we were doing and then suddenly you know she realizes wow there's some more transformational work that i want to do and so we're now getting ready to do some work with her chiron that's in an opposition to a whole host of Libran planets in her 12th house. And I was thinking about how perfect the timing is because today we start that work and today the moon is in Libra and it happens to be opposite of where her Chiron is and in Aries and how all of that is just so perfect and this is how you know when we're living astrology which is my favorite term things happen in the right and perfect time 
right? So whatever is being said is timely. The planets just showing us, you know, what it is that, you know, we're working through. It's why, you know, there's the saying as above, so below, right? Because what's happening up there is also affecting us down here. And the energy then of the moon is the fastest moving energy that we see on a day-to-day basis. And so it's why I always want to talk about the moon first, because it's moving through specific areas of your chart at, you know, pretty much lightning speed and can be the catalyst sometimes for emotions, the catalyst for intuition, the catalyst for change and um, all of that, those kinds of things that affect us. So we have the moon in Libra today, and it's a very distinctly airy day because the moon is in Libra trining Mars in Gemini and trining the sun in Aquarius. And then, of course, there's some uh, fire thrown in with the opposition of the moon in air to Chiron in fire. Air fans the flames, right? It feeds fire, it feeds our passion, it feeds the things that are coming up that need to be transformed. Fire transforms, right? It destroys, but also leaves behind the beginnings of something new. So we have some real, just, it's just kind of fantastic when you think about the symbology of things that are going on. Now, what does the moon in Libra bring us? So we know Libra is a sign of partnerships, including marriage, right, or our most significant others in our lives. And in the idea of partnershiping, and partnerships don't have to just be those personal one-on-one, you know, with a significant other, it could be business partnerships. It also rules anything that we do in terms of agreements or contracts with others that sort of bind us in a legal way to each other. And that might mean our finances are entangled, our lives are entangled, our businesses are entangled, our homes are entangled, our jobs can even be entangled. So it really brings up the need for what I always like to call the three C's, collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation. So when the moon is moving through this Libran part of your chart, these are where the qualities are of those three words that need to be brought to play right? This is very important. Libra really holds the space for us to be able to come together. In the astrology chart, Aries, the opposite sign, holds the I am, the I am presence. And Libra holds the we are presence. So on on one hand, we are blending I into we, right? That's what Libran energy is all about. So that's where we get collaboration and cooperation and co-creation as a part of the experience of the moon in Libra. Now, on a completely different level, we have artistry. Libra is ruled by the planet Venus, and Venus is about beauty and form, beauty and artistry. It is about money and values and so forth. But in Libra, she really takes on much more about the love and the romance, uh, the romance of being in love. But as well, she takes on more of the beauty of things, right? In Taurus, she's more the sensuality and the financial and the value and the self-worth. In Libra, we have the blending of the I into the into the we. And we have this need for beautifying something, right? Beautifying, design, 
beautifying uh, in an, art, an artistic way. A lot of art comes through this feng shui, right? Feng shui is another kind of thing I always think about with Libra when we're talking about elegance and we're talking about flow and we're talking about style, right? So Venus really giving us that. So maybe today's a great day to, you know, do something different in your house, redecorate today and tomorrow, redecorate something. But we are also uh, talking about balance. Libra is the sign of the scales and the scales always need to be in balance. Libra out of balance is out of control, right? So we always have to try to keep balance, but balance isn't static. We never come into a perfect balance and stay there. It just doesn't work that way on this planet because change is the only thing we can really connect with or count on here on this planet. So the balance, Libra is always in the act of bringing things into balance in some way, right? Balancing our emotions, balancing our needs against others' needs, balancing our finances, our checkbooks, you know, our health, uh, all of these kinds of things. So Libra and energy, with the moon in Libra and energy, we may be having to balance our emotions, right? Our emotional intellect. We may be weighing the uh, opposites, right? We have, you know, opposites that need to come into some kind of balance. And there's a true instinct for equality in Libra and energy, right? They, they see things more in this, when they're in their balanced self, when they're in their um, uh, aligned self, there is no other sign better than Libra at seeing how all of the sides, all of the team members fit together and need to work together for harmony. So, and how all parts are equal, right? There's an equality equation here in Libra. And then Librans are also, or Libra as a sign, really good for negotiations. Today is a day to make, if you have to make a, a, a contact with someone in a negotiation sort of way, this is the kind of energy that you want for that. Now, of course, we do have to watch out for some things in Libra. Libra energy is often one that is indecisive. Libras waffle. They waffle. Why do they waffle? Because they can see how all things could fit or work or be enjoyed <laughs> and uh, makes it hard for them to choose one thing, right? H how can you choose one thing when 10 different things might work and feel good and be great? So indecision can be a problem for Libran energy. People pleasing, you know, they like peace. Peace is a Libran quality. And to keep the peace, they are often giving away the farm, right? They can give away too much of themselves and they can set themselves up then for feeling martyred later because I, you know, I told them I would do this and I really didn't have the energy, the time, the resources to do it, but I give my word. So now I need to stick with that. And so often we find them either saying or doing things that make other people happy, but may not necessarily be something that makes them happy. So all of you have Libra somewhere in your chart. Where might that be the case in your own personal life, right? Where are you giving too much and not receiving enough? Where are you saying or doing things that make other people happy, but make you totally unhappy, right? Or don't suit your needs, right? So got to watch that. 
losing ourselves in others, right? That's a part of Libran experience. It's the we are, it's the team. And as part of a team, right, we can sort of get lost in the team. We can, or we can get lost in the group. And it's interesting that, you know, Aquarius is a sign that is also a sign of the group, the team. And it's also an air sign. So we have air in Libra, we have air in Gemini, we have air in uh, Aquarius. So we're, we're learning about how to blend ourselves with others, but without losing ourselves in the process, right? And, you know, that, that is the Aries side of that equation. So Aries is the sign of the self not losing the self. And right now we all have Chiron moving through that sign of Aries. And the Aries wound can, uh, with Chiron, wounded healer, wound, can be all about our identity. Do we know who we are? Do we see ourselves clearly in the group? Do we see our ability to uh, add to the group? do we play in the group in a way that's positive and impactful and true versus doing or saying things or being something that we aren't truly, right? So interesting, interesting, interesting. Terry says she's an airhead. <laughs> um, that's right. You have a birthday coming up, don't you, Terry? Uh, I think you do. And February, right? Uh and that makes you an airhead. I'm also an airhead. Tom's an airhead. If you're a Gemini, an Aquarian, or a Libra, you are an airhead, meaning air is the sign that rules your chart, right? That's the sign. Christine Buckingham has a Libra vertex in the sixth house. Now, you know, we, we don't talk about the vertex all that often, but all of you have that in your chart as well. You'll see it um, written, let me see, it's V-E-R-T-E. So it doesn't say vertex, it says verte or verta. And that is a sensitive point in your chart. And it it happens to be a point where it kind of just stays there. It doesn't get activated until a planet crosses over it. And when a planet crosses over it, that is often somebody coming into your life or something happening in your life that's of major importance. It might hold an even uh, a karmic sort of uh, connection. So the vertex, again, it's the mathematically uh, middle point of all of the energy in your chart. So it really has no true meaning, but we see it sensitized. And so often, you know, the, the vertex with a planet coming across, it can bring interesting information to you via somebody uh, or can be somebody that triggers you in some way. So uh, Christine, if you have then, was it Christine that was saying that? Yeah. If you have, um, I totally lost that comment. There it is. Libra vertex. Okay. So you have a Libra vertex. It's in your sixth house. And that might mean that sometimes in the working situation or in your working environment, you may come across people who trigger you in some way. Now, people can trigger you as a path to growth, but people can also trigger your doubt or your your own unhealed, your own wounds, right? And if Uh, I don't know what degree, because I don't think you said what degree it's at, but then Chiron could be opposite that vertex 
and also bringing you opportunities for healing or bringing people to you or bringing people back into your life that have been at some point the trigger for maybe some unhealthy uh, situations. So it's time to grow. <laughs> it's time to evolve. It's time to see yourself as more than just a people pleaser or more than someone who's always trying to keep the balance or keep the harmony. Because you might be someone that needs to learn more about the I am versus the I am in this group and I'm part of this group kind of thing. So let me know about the, how that fits with you. Leilani says, my Mars is in Libra, but my Saturn is in Aries. So I had to learn how to have Saturn and Mars trade. Right. And they can do really well together as long as Mars isn't just running away, you know, running ahead without doing the due diligence first. So they do, they have, you know, similar, you know, Saturn is a planet that really wants us to grow, but in a step wise fashion. <laughs> he wants to have it done in an orderly uh, way, in, in, a, in a way that builds a very strong foundation that sets the tone. Mars sometimes can be very impulsive and just wants to run away and do. And that would fly in the face of Saturn. So you've kind of got them in a, hopefully in some kind of a balance so that you can take, you know, you could take decidedly, um, informed action in your life. Does that make sense? Informed because obviously one of them is going to be in Libra. Uh, let's see what else. JLo. Uh, oh, T Terry says, OMG, Chiron, I seen him in meditation. Mm, maybe there's some message he's coming to deliver to you to give to people that you talk to. And that might be interesting. A mermaid infinity rainbow. I'm a Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon. Thank you for your astrology skills. I love astrology. Just don't have the time to study it. That's all right. You don't need, to, you know, really the thing that you need to study isn't about the bigger picture of astrology, but how is it affecting you, right? How does it show up in your life? You know, all of these characters, i.e. planets are part of a pantheon like your personal mythology, right? The pantheon of planets in your personal mythology. So when you know something about the planet and then you know where it's placed in your chart, then you kind of have an idea of a piece of your personal mythology, right? So when you know, for example, that you have the moon or let me see, what was it? Leilani said, Mars is in Libra. Then Mars energy is often going to get carried away, right, in Libran energy. It's going to take ideas and run with the ball. It's going to take information and run with it. And sometimes that's going to bring you some karmic information <laughs> because of Saturn being in the opposite sign. Sometimes it's going to blow up on you and you're going to have to find yourself backpedaling. But that is part of you knowing who you are and how Mars and Libra is going to affect you. And you're often going to be someone who seeks relationships, right? You're going to seek relationships, but maybe sometimes seeking the wrong relationships too, right? And then uh, that can be uh, something that you're learning a lot about in your life, especially for you, Leilani, and that's who I'm talking about here. Um Good morning, Catherine Worcester. It's good to see you out there. And Christine says it makes sense. Yes, thank you. February 4th. Oh my gosh, we missed your birthday. Happy birthday to you, Terry. 
I hope you are ready for a fantastic year. So February 4th was on Saturday. What was going on that day? Venus was in a square to Mars. Mm, could be a very highly creative year for you. Um, so we should take a look at your solar return chart and see what's up with that. Okay, if you guys have any other questions about the moon in Libra or about what any of the air signs mean, then you can go ahead and put those posts in a comment and I'll take a look at them in a little bit. Uh, let's take a look now at the weekend ahead and what are the transits that we're looking at. The first one being today, we were looking at Mercury in that conjunction to the planet Pluto. Now, you know, Mercury is a depositor of messages. And he also picks up messages. He's like the, the, the social butterfly who goes to a party and finds out the juicy tidbits and then takes them on to the next party and passes that juicy tidbit on to the next and then on to the next and then on to the next. And all the while at every party, he's picking up new info. Could be gossip, but it doesn't always have to be gossip. It can be in useful information. And so we see Mercury as a communicator, but also as an information gatherer and an information depositor. Okay, tell me that makes sense. Let me know. Now, the other thing then, when Mercury then meets up with a planet, what kind of message is he delivering? He's picked up a message most recently uh, from uh, other planets that he came into con a conjunction with. Back in uh, December, he came into, or maybe it was early January, he came into a conjunction with the sun, right? And that happens when Mercury is retrograde. So what message did he get from the sun that he's now taking around? And then he's meeting up then with Pluto. So what is the messaging here? Well, first of all, when Mercury joins Pluto, there is an awesome aspect of insight that's possible that comes in like seeing into the darker side of things or the hidden aspects of ourselves so it's almost like you know it's not quite as powerful as when the sun conjuncts pluto but you know mercury tends to be able to instigate some of that stuff to come up to be able to access it in your mind right so we have more access to information that can transform our lives, right? And some people are gonna experience this in a positive way, right? They're open to, you know, receiving this kind of information and others are gonna be shook up or shaken up by the information that they may receive during this particular transit. And, you know, for still others, it could be stuff that they thought was there, but never really focused on and now Mercury brings the focusing ability to see into the more hidden aspects of ourselves, especially in our psyches, right? What is down there in the fears, in the subconscious mind? Even accessing, I would say, the patterns that have lodged themselves in our subconscious or our unconscious mind uh, from way back in childhood or even other lifetimes, right? So there's a lot of possibility here, but it can also be disturbing if things come up and this gives us a very investigative sort of nature. So we may, you know, do some of that digging we want to dig. Um, we could do that, you know, through thought processes that bring up the need to journal or to process verbally with someone. I just encourage you, if you're gonna do that, do it with that person's permission. 
right? Don't just come in and say, you know, this, 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 you know, verbally uh, vomit on them without their permission, right? You don't want to get shut down and have that added to the pattern, right? You want to be able to verbally process if you're a verbal processor. Some people don't, right? Some people don't need to talk it out. They can talk it out with themselves or they can think it out or they can journal it out or they can, you know, just sit with that uh, information. Uh, but if you're a verbal processor and you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. Just wait until you have the person's uh, permission, right? Maybe they're thinking about stuff on their own and they're not in a way, in, in any kind of condition to be able to uh, hear your issues at the moment. So anyway, though, there's a lot of potential for insight. And I want you to think about this, too. Whenever a planet prepares to leave a sign, there's always some kind of little gift deposited with us, right? Um, Mercury's gift might be in a message, right? It could be in some kind of information that you needed that helps you go to the next level. With Pluto, who's also now at the very last degrees of Capricorn, what's the message, right? What, what changes of the structures in your life have you undergone? What are the things that are transforming? What is the dark night of the soul perhaps brought to you? What changes in the outer world are affecting your, your inner world, right? Or your life, your personalized life. And how are you dealing with those kinds of changes? But there's always the gift, right? The gift in it. And then they move on into the next sign. And they go through all of the different experiences of that sign. And then before they leave, like Saturn is also getting ready to leave Aquarius, there's an Aquarian kind of gift that Saturn will be depositing with you, a jewel that maybe points you in the right direction for your future, right? That shows you what maybe is unique about you and how you can show up in your most, you know, unique, innovative way. That's what I'm expecting. I I'm already sort of feeling how that's going on, how that's happening in my personal life. So I would bet you guys are as well. Now, when Mercury moves into Aquarius, new ideas dawn on us. And they may even be at the time Mercury conjuncts Pluto, which is later today. And it prompts us to think outside of the box, to think in new and unique ways, you know, to sort of turn problems upside down to look at them from a different point of view. So our POV is changing, possibly in unique, eccentric, unbelievable ways. The potential for that is pretty high. And then progressive thinking, right? We're looking forward. We're looking forward and there, you know, there's, we don't wanna live in that future, right? Because we're here in this now, but we do from the now, have a sense of what things need to be prepared for ourselves in that future. So that's an opportunity that Mercury brings us. And then, of course, the, the inventive, invention, innovation um, part of this that can be technological, it can be idealized, it can be uh, just new ways of doing things, seeing things, seeing old problems in a new way, uh, doing things in a completely different way. So we have a lot of opportunity uh, moving forward from this day on, pretty much, of really engaging things in a new way, in a new energy. 
Now on Sunday, there's the only thing that's happening that I could find astrologically of any importance is the moon will have been moved into Scorpio. And luckily the void, of course, is a moon is happening on Saturday. In fact, the void actually is from 3.53 until 5.32 p.m. on the 13th. Sorry, that's Monday, wrong day, 11th. From 8.42 a.m. until 10.35 a.m., it's a Saturday. The void, of course, moon doesn't really trouble us too much on a Saturday. But then the moon will move into uh, Scorpio. And all day Sunday, the moon will be in Scorpio, a Super Bowl in Scorpio. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know anything about the teams. I don't know if any of them happen to be Scorpio teams. That might give them an edge. Uh, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I should see if there are birth dates for teams. Now, one of the things that I really want to look at in all of this is in human design, what gate is this energy sitting at? You know, in the astrology of 2023 uh, webinar, we talked about it. Uh, but I really, you know, want everybody to understand that Pluto for the long term, like all year, is sitting at the gate 60 which is a gate on the root center of your chart, of your human design chart. The root center is the center for impulse, right? It's like a pushing out energy. It is a, a pressure center and in pressure, the pressure is to go out and do. So 60 is a pressure to go out and innovate, right? To, to do new things, to be something new to do something different, to be unique, to be individual. In, in the circuitry, this is individual circuitry. So it, it's, uh, it, it's different, right? It's unique, it's change. And that can make some people extraordinarily nervous. It can make other people just absolutely happy, right? That change is in the air. So the gate 60 though itself has an energy about making the best out of what you have. It, it's in the I Ching, it's called the gate of limitation. In quantum human design, uh, or in, uh, excuse me, traditional human design, it's called the gate of acceptance. In quantum human design, it's called the gate of conservation. And in the gene keys, the gate 60, where both Mercury and Pluto are sitting today, and where they will for the next couple of days, Pluto for the whole of the year, the gate of limitation or the gene key in its lowest expression is limitation. In its gift level, it's realism. And in the highest expression, it is justice. Now, I don't want to go into the gene keys too much about that because that, that's a kind of weird leap, right? To go from limitation to justice via realism. What does justice mean and how does justice play out, right? That, that always triggers me to go crazy in my noodle for a little bit. And uh, so I don't want to go into that aspect of it. But if we just look at what the gate 60 means, what we see is that the ground rules apply in order to be ready to grow, right? So we have to do the ground work. We have to be ready. We have to be able to do something with what we have, right? We can't put off until tomorrow what we don't want to do today. We can't jump ahead into tomorrow without having everything solid in today. So 
if we want to be ready to take on the future, if we want to be ready to take on opportunities, then we have to be able to come into some form of limits, boundaries, we might call them, and then making the best out of what it is that we have, right? That is where true creativity lies, right? We, we can dream, right? We can do the dream. We can envision. But before we can get to that vision, we have to take where we are and build toward what we want to be or where we want to go. For example, going to the moon. I think I used this actually in the in the webinar. We wanted, we had a dream to go to the moon or to fly into space, right? To to explore space or other planets. But we had to work within what we had, you know, the resources that we have here on Earth, the the um, innovation as far as it had taken us, and we had to build upon that in order to get to space, to get to the moon. And that's the same in our daily lives, right? This transit of, of, of Pluto is saying that for the transformation to occur, you have to work with what you have, right? You have to stay in sort of some kind of limit. But don't get fixated on what you don't have, right? Don't get fixated on the, the one thing that you need or the one thing that is never you, you feel like you're never going to get um, or what you haven't been able to achieve so far, right? We can do it in many different ways. Um, except the limits is the framework for building on to what comes next, right? For the freedom that you seek, for the financials that you seek, for the health that you seek, for the relationships that you seek, all right? The job that you seek, whatever it is in your life. It starts with accepting the qualities that you have and then evolving them step by step, right? Evolving. Now, there's also gratitude in this gate in human design. It's an interesting place to find gratitude. Um, but gratitude surmounts limits, right? An attitude of gratitude for everything that I am, for everything that I have, for all of my experiences. And then that kind of opens the mind and the heart and the ability to see what comes next. Letting go even is part of this. Letting go of the old tapes, right? Letting go of the past in order to move forward. Solutions orientation, right? You know, I'm tired of hearing about problems. Tell me what your solutions might be. We know what the problems are. What are your ideas for the solution? Right. Rather than telling me what everybody else has done wrong. Right. If anybody listened to the State of the Union address, um, it cracks me up because there's always this, oh, I did this and I did this. But did you? Right. But then it's always kind of based on what the other person did wrong. And if you look at that, you're like, oh, God, you know, is any of that true? And did I hear one word about what possible solutions there might be to the problems that are huge? So this time period that we're moving into is very solutions oriented, right? I think we all are aware what our problems are, but what are the solutions? What are you going to do? What, can, what are your ideas that might be unique, thinking outside of the box that lead us to a solution to whatever the problem is that we're working on. And then it needs to have an open-minded exploration of what is working 
and then build from there, right? We don't have to trash everything to, to move into the new. We have to be open-minded enough to say, okay, I see this is what we have. This is what's worked so far. I don't think this can take us into the future. So what solution do we need to work up that can carry what we've done so far into the future? Okay. Now that's happening both in, in your personal life, but also happening on the bigger, wider stage. The, the last thing you need is to have limitation thinking shut you down, right? Or cause you to become closed-minded or get stuck, right? That That's not appropriate. That is not the appropriate thing. And then what is it they always say that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, you know, when there's a problem at hand, then we tend to, as humans, get to our best, right? Because we start to think outside of the box. We start to see, what can I build with what I've got here instead of pining away for something that I don't have, right? Then I can, so I can do this. And there's another saying, making lemonade out of lemons, right? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's kind of that energy that we're looking at for kind of a long term here. Now, in the shadow, the shadow energy here, this is where we are holding on to the old and we're not allowing for growth, where we get paralyzed or in resistance. And that resistance or paralysis is because of change. We don't want change. We want to go backwards, right? We want to go back to a time in, in the past. That whole make America great again thing reminds me of that, right? It's going, it's looking backwards instead of looking forward. What can we do now to move forward? So we're holding on to that old and in your personal life where you're holding on to the old without being willing to let it go. And, you know, you have to risk losing everything in this kind of sense to be able to see what happens next. And then in the lesson here is to not let the loss or change overwhelm you to focus on the positive, focus on what is working. That's, that's the lesson, not to focus on all of the, the yuck stuff. We know what the yuck stuff is. We've been there, we've lived it, we've done that. Now, what, what do we need to go forward? And then when we master that lesson, right, then it's the ability to find blessings in the transformation. Then we find optimism. And then we can focus on what's working versus what isn't working. That's the big thing that, you know, Pluto at least is bringing us. But it's also distinctly Aquarian. It's also where Saturn has been for the last couple and a half years, sort of showing us, you know, where we can't stay in the past. You know, the, that what do we have to do to move on? And that is uh, Saturn's big lesson through here. And then, of course, be looking for all of the little gifts of technology. What are the gifts of innovation? What are the unique qualities that you have that you can bring to any party or to any experience, right? That's the important thing, too. Now, gate 60 is also, because it's on the root center, is a pressure, and it's a pressure to move. Now, the interesting thing about it is the gate it moves up to is the gate three. And the gate three is about innovation. It's called the gate of innovation, I believe, or the gate of invention. It is a very forward thinking energy. 
And I believe that that channel, the three to the 60 or the 60 to the three, because we're moving from the root up, is the pressure of evolution. So when I look at that in the big context of what we're doing, we are about to embark on a very big evolutionary leap, right? We can see it everywhere in every part of our, our lives. And how far we leap is really going to be about how far we allow ourselves to change, how willing we are to let go of the past, right? Our old beliefs, our old patterns, our old fears, and rise above all of those things in order to see the future more brilliantly, right? More in its genius, in our genius, instead of holding ourselves back. In the body, this is a channel that is often indicating that the, you, uh, as the person who holds the 360, or either end, if it comes together with your partner, can hold the DNA changes that can happen. So that, you know, coming together and creating a new child, that new child carries the, um, the genetic mutation for something into the future. And that is just an interesting sort of science uh, thing, side, side trip we can take with the 60 and the three. So to me, what that says then is that this is the timing for that evolutionary leap to occur for the people who hold the seeds of that evolutionary leap to make themselves appear in the world, right? To really bring out the best of what they are here, their part, right? The part that they're going to play. Uh, and everybody holds that gene key or that, that gate, the 60 and the three you have it somewhere. How it's set up for you is going to be different. Is it defined? Is it a whole channel that's defined? Is it one half of the channel that's defined? Is it the other half of the channel that's defined? Is it completely open? That is going to how be how you express your uniqueness um, versus how someone else is going to express their uniqueness. All right. Uh, questions, comments. Good morning, Linny. It's good to see you. Um, I don't see any questions here. If you guys have questions, let me know. It is 10 till. So I have a couple minutes. I could do some card readings. Um, let's see here. Let's pull a dragon and an animal for the collective for the weekend. And the dragons always about passion and change right they bring fire in some cases they bring air right big wings that presumably fly us around oh we get a sunshine yellow dragon interesting helps you to help animals it says serve animals heal respect and understand them hmm. but if you look at that you see the yellow dragon hugging onto a little bambi right taking care of animals sunshine yellow dragon all right now sunshine yellow is a fifth dimensional dragon oops what page was that 68 and it says we share our planet with a great variety of creatures who are all on a soul journey just as we are like us animals come from a myriad of star systems and planets they all incarnate on Earth to experience, learn, teach, and serve. 
our task as humans is to cooperate with Libra energy, look after and learn from the animal kingdom. Fifth dimensional sunshine yellow dragons work with Archangel Philae. It's spelled F-H-E-L-Y-A-I. Philae? Philae? The angel of animals. They send bursts of sunny yellow light into the auras of those who of us who love and honor animals and help us to assist and heal all creatures. They are currently working assiduously to touch the hearts of those who need to understand how to treat animals with respect. They also bathe animals in their sunshine yellow light to soothe and heal them so that they can fulfill their soul destiny. So drawing this card invites you to open your aura and allow sunshine yellow dragons to pour into you. Uh, containing the keys and codes to understand at a profound level all the creatures of this planet. Then send these dragons to all humans who need to change their relationship with animals. See the minds and the hearts of these people blazing glorious yellow as they expand their perspective and see animals for who they truly are. It is also important to visualize all the animals in the world being touched by sunshine yellow dragons and lighting up with hope. Be a sunshine yellow bridge of light along which these dragons can travel to help animals everywhere. You will accrue good karma as you assist your fellow creatures. Sunshine yellow. There we go. What is that up top? Looks like a blue jay and a crow up at the very top of the card there. Yeah, Very good. All right. Now, in honor of animals, let's pull an animal card and see what the animal is for the weekend. Interesting, right? To have an animal dragon, dragon card pointing to animals. Well, okay, this card is starfish spirit, open to infinite possibility. Starfish spirit, that's a pretty card. 59 is a 14, which is a five. So freedom being um, a, the right use of freedom open to infinite possibility that makes sense then in that aspect and 59 says stretched out on the beach the starfish opens fully to the rays of the sun to the power of potential as you look out toward the horizon do you open up to infinite possibility Spirit is the source of opportunities beyond your wildest imagination and ensures endless possibilities are available. At this time, Starfish Spirit urges you to stretch past the limits of your everyday perception and comfort zone to dream of bigger things and imagine with even greater hope and faith for miraculous potential is shining down on you. Feel it, bask in it, and open yourself to be filled with inspiration. This is a very fortunate sign that Starfish Spirit has come to remind you of your infinite potential. Starfish, Starfish, Starfish. This also reminds me of the current placement of the sun and earth in human design. The sun is at the 49, which has a revolutionary feel to it, right? There's change that needs to move in a new direction. Um, but then what we have the earth in is the gate four and the gate four is called the gate of possibilities and it's up on the Ajna, right? Ajna moving up toward the uh, head center where inspiration can be reached by it in terms of what more is possible, right? How can this get any better? You know, what creative 
energy can I bring to this? What new solutions can be found? So it's really interesting to have opening to the infinite possibilities in a card when we're also open to infinite possibilities with the sun and the earth this week. Kind of fun. Uh, okay, that is it for me today, guys. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I will be here on Monday morning. Also on Monday afternoon, you can join me and my daughters on Desire to Inspire. That is a Facebook group or community that uh, we're taking up the topic of high vibe food. And interestingly enough, an article about high vibe food came across my email this morning from Lynn McTaggart. If you guys know who she is, uh, she wrote a book, I think called the intention experiment. And uh, I have actually met her and talked to her. She's a wonderful author, but also has these great ideas. And uh, I'll be interested to read the article that she's written about this. All right, that is it for me. You guys take care. I'll see you on Monday. Bye for now.